Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint of the BMG Network. Two things we're going to discuss here in the next 15 or 20 minutes, maybe a couple of other things as well. I'm sick of hearing about Ron DeSantis and, and Donald Trump and, and polls and everything else in the debt ceiling debate. That's I guess, has been settled. We'll touch on it briefly. McCarthy caved like Republicans always do. We'll get to that in a few minutes. The the big issue here locally in upstate New York is, I guess, across the country as well, is the migrant issue. These illegal aliens, I guess some of these people, I say illegal, some were uh, shipped to Colony from Albany. I guess they, some of them were or are illegal. The bottom line is everybody with a brain, half a brain, knows even the president has a half a brain, I think. Uh, it's not functioning at half capacity, but he, he knows that the federal government is responsible for protecting the nation's borders. Without borders, you don't have a country. And I guess that's the idea. These globalists want the U.S. merged comfortably into a new world order, where national sovereignty is broken down and is a thing of the past. Well, we are a sovereign nation, and we're going to remain that way. And what's happening here. I'll just focus on the on the upstate region, Albany. Kathy Sheehan is the mayor of Albany. Albany is a sanctuary city. It's run by Democrats. The state, New York State, is a sanctuary state. So these illegals, they're told, you know, are, are welcomed with open arms in New York State and in sanctuary cities such as Albany. So what's Kathy Sheehan do? She gets two busloads of these migrants from New York City, and she ships them to Colony. Colony is not a sanctuary. It's a, it's a town. It's sub, it's a suburban area, which means there are many Republicans in Colony. Landowners, property owners. What, what happened? If you're a sanctuary city, you should welcome these people with open arms. And it's nothing against the, the migrants. Many of these people, I don't mean to degrade or malign these folks. Many of them are good people. They, they come to America looking for a better life. And for for more uh, opportunity, economic opportunity. It's not about them. It's about the politicians who run New York State and run some of these cities, like Albany. I mean, I know Albany. I work in Albany. I have for almost 20 years. Work for the New York State Assembly. I see how it's run. It's run by Democrats. And it's horribly run. And here's Kathy Sheehan. Oh, she's a big... Uh... So she gets these busloads of migrants from New York City. She ships one to... Uh, uh, up in a different part of Albany to the Ramada Inn on Watervalide Avenue, and the other busload goes to Wolf Road in Colony. Colony, the leadership there, I guess Peter Crummy is a supervisor, he got a court order to halt the process. There'll be no more dumping of illegals in Colony. They got a, a, a stay through a court order. So, I mean, there's a big battle brewing. But these, these, these uh, liberal Democrats are hi- hypocrites. They don't practice what they preach. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll welcome all these people. They should be welcomed into America and in different sanctuary states and cities. But then when they get here, they say, not in my backyard. And they look to ship them off. It's unbelievable. Something has got to be done because we're being overrun. We're being invaded, basically. And a lot of these, and I read, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, a lot of these people coming across our borders are men, young men, 25, 28, 30 years of age, 85% of these people are men. And I heard on WABC radio driving home today that there are 8,000 cases of tuberculosis in New York City, where a lot of these migrants are being shipped from. 
TB is something I thought we eradicated 60 years ago. It's, it can be deadly, and it's easily transmitted through the air. These liberals are so afraid of COVID. I'm down in Albany every day, as I mentioned, and 20, 25% of these people, of course, they're all Democrats, they're still wearing masks. It's going to be something, and that's their, that's their choice. If they want to do that, that, they're free to do it. They're so afraid of COVID. Tuberculosis is worse than COVID. There is no cure for TB. And many of these migrants have not been vaccinated for TB, for polio, and some of these other diseases. It's unbelievable what's happening. All right, I want to, I'm want i going to skip around to two or three different things. I mentioned the uh, this uh, debt ceiling debate, which is the most boring topic. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, the, the Republicans are absolutely ridiculous. There's a column in today's, or not maybe not today's New York Post, but it was a recent uh, New York Post. Miranda Devine has written a great column. I had mentioned I'm going to I'm going to save it to the end. I want to get to the this Coles and the baby pride business, and the shoppers are ticked at these these uh, retailers, Coles, Target, Anheuser Busch. A week or two ago, why are they doing this? Why is Coles the latest major retailer to buy itself a, a whole heap of trouble with shoppers, some of whom are voicing outrage that the department store chain is marketing LGBTQ merchandise to infants and minors. Now, why would they do that? It's affecting their bottom line. Obviously, they're losing money left and right. I'm looking at a, a piece here from Fox. Coles has joined Target, Anheuser-Busch, and the North Face among retailers currently experiencing public backlash and calls for a boycott. This after Coles released its latest Pride Month merchandise, including a baby Sonoma Community Pride bodysuit set for three-month, six-month, and nine-month-old children. It's a onesie. According to this report, it sports an illustration of what appears to be a lesbian couple with a dog and three children, including a young boy in a wheelchair. One adult in the illustration is carrying a progressive pride flag. Unbelievable. It's, a, it's of the devil, this mess. Other Cole's pride merchandise under scrutiny includes a Love is Love banner, towels, bibs, candles, shorts, and pillows, as well as shirts that say, Be proud and ask me my pronouns. I don't need to ask you your pronouns. I know your pronouns. If you're born a man, you're a he. If you're born a woman or a girl, you're a she. Those are your pronouns. He and she, not they. There are two genders. Anyway, according to uh, Fox's report, the Twitter account End Wokeness highlighted Cole's merchandise Sunday featuring several images and a caption that said, looks like Cole's didn't learn a thing from Bud Light and Target. Last week's skateboarder Taylor Silverman reacted on her Twitter account, I don't know who she is, that's okay, she doesn't know who I am either, asking, quote, pride for babies at Kohl's? Why does Kohl's support gay and trans people demanding validation from babies? Why do they want to associate babies with sexuality? I'll tell you why, because it's sick, and it's demonic, and it's obviously not about making money. These companies are, in fact, losing money big time. I think I was reading one of these, I think it was Target has already lost $10 billion in 10 days. Their st stocks have plummeted target shares. And I hope they plummet to zero. Obviously, I mean, what's what agenda and whose agenda is being pursued here? If it's not about making money, which it is, and Anheuser-Busch has lost billions, Cole will no doubt lose billions. 
So it's not about money. It's about an agenda. And, you know, if you want to find out more about this, there's an expert about the demons that are behind this LGBTQ movement. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is the expert. I've interviewed him once, maybe twice over the years. He's a brilliant scholar, and he is he hones in on what's going on here. Because most people think it's just a, a fad or a phase. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go away in a year or two. It's not going away. What needs to go away is Target and Anheuser-Busch and, and, uh, and Kohl's. But they won't. They won't go away. We're, I mean, we're in a spiritual battle for the soul of this nation. The culture wars are hot and heavy. And then Anheuser-Busch, after this partnership with this homosexual, Dylan Mulvaney, I mean, its stock has been downgraded by HSBC analysts and Bud Light sales dropped by 28%. Good. And that's not all of it. A lot of school districts, a lot of schools around the country are adopting mandatory LGBTQ indoctrination programs for students. I was reading this in World Net Daily. Sometimes they're described as sex education, sometimes as diversity. The common factor is that they promote the LGBTQ ideologies to young children. Ron DeSantis snuffed out this crap in Florida. They banned it. Disney lobbied for the ideology, provoking what is now a war between the state and the company, and the same company that for decades provided children's programming and entertainment. But it's not the Disney of my childhood, today's Disney. Walt Disney is probably spinning in his grave. There's this big fight over the issue. It's been escalating with a lawsuit on behalf of parents in Maryland who are charging that the Montgomery County Board of Education simply decided to violate state law and require children to endure this communist-inspired ideology. According to Beckett, which fights in America's courts for religious rights, it has filed a federal lawsuit against Monifa McKnight, superintendent of the board. This is in Maryland. The board itself and members uh, Shebra Evans, Shebra, Lynn Harris, Grace Rivera of, uh, Oven, O-V-E-N, Carla Silvestri, Rebecca Smondrowski, Brenda Wolf, and Julie Yang. The legal team explained a group of parents filed a federal lawsuit last night, this is a week or two ago, against the Montgomery County Board of Education for mandating storybooks that push extreme ideology regarding gender identity and sexuality. Maryland law and the school board's own policies require parental notice and the opportunity to opt out of any instruction concerning family life and human sexuality. But after mandating the new books that advocate pride parades, gender transitioning, and pronoun preferences for kids, the board said it would no longer uh, follow the law. Parental notice will not be provided. These people are, they need to go, one way or the other. Opt-outs will not be tolerated. Parents ought to pull their children from that school and any school that adopts these policies. They're lawless. These people running the school board decided not to follow Maryland law, which is probably not, obviously it's not a conservative, it's not a red state, Maryland. They said, we're not going to follow the law. And there are no, no opt-outs. I'll tell you what, if my kids were in that school, I'd opt out. I'd yank them right out of that school and they wouldn't stop me. Guaranteed. Beckett said it is representing Muslim and Christian parents who simply want their children to have alternatives to storybooks that are age inappropriate or inconsistent with their religious beliefs and sound science. Children are entitled, I'm reading the, the uh, 
the, the statement here from Beckett. Children are entitled to guidance from their own parents. You're responsible, as I said at a recent school board uh, uh, gathering, you are responsible for what your children learn. Not the state, not your local school district. The state may mandate the, the curriculum, but you are responsible for what your children learn. So if you don't like what they're learning, you take them out. Homeschool them. Send them to a private school, a parochial school, whatever. You cannot, you can't be, let these people dictate to you what your kids are going to learn. Children are the responsibility of the parents. The parents know their children best. They love them more than anybody else in the world on this side of heaven. And if they're going to be introduced to complex issues such as sexuality and gender identity and all this transgender nonsense, human sexuality in general, it's got to be the parent who, uh, who broaches that, that, those subjects with their children. If they feel uncomfortable, then it's up to the parent to you know, decide what to do at that point. Forcing ideological discussions during story hour to kids is not the way to go. It's all under the guise of this diversity and equity and inc- inclusivity. It's all nonsense. It's communism. It is. I know I sound like Archie Bunker, but I've been studying this stuff for 40 years. Anyway, it's a lot to go into, and I don't have time to do it. It's just so frustrating to hear and read this stuff. Quickly on this uh, this debt ceiling, McCarthy's done it again. He, he vowed to rein in the IRS, but as Miranda Devine in the column she wrote, the headline says it's debt in the water, D-E-B-T. The debt ceiling, they, they're going to raise it. I guess there are some stipulations. Conservatives want a couple of minor concessions. There are work requirements for some who receive public assistance, the left is apoplectic over that. And I guess, so I don't have the particulars in front of me, but I mean, I'll just read you a, a, a piece here from Devine's column. And what really struck a chord with voters, I think, they're wary of funding these, these new IRS agents, armed IRS agents. And they're going to be harassing middle-class Americans and small business owners. They're going to abuse their powers as they have been, like the old Soviet Union did. It's Soviet-style communism under this administration. McCarthy vowed when he was running for speaker, our very first bill, I guess when he became speaker, will be to repeal the funding for 87,000 new IRS agents. You see, we believe government should be there to help you, not to go after you. So the House voted 221 to 210 to repeal the extra IRS funding. It's useless because the Senate is still controlled by Democrats. They didn't go along with it. In the debt ceiling deal outlined Sunday, McCarthy has allowed the lion's share of that extra IRS funding to remain unmolested, preserving $78.1 billion of the $80 billion. As rebel GOP rep Dan Bishop put it, so there will be 85,260 more IRS agents rather than 87,000 to eat you alive. Big win. That's about the size of it. McCarthy's capitulated to the Democrats, as Republicans always do. These establishment Republicans are no good. They're worse than Democrats. You know what you're getting with a Democrat. They're evil. But some of these Republicans are wolves in sheep's clothing. And I didn't fall for it. A lot of, you know, unfortunately, people, Americans fall for it. McCarthy's the speaker. There's nothing I can do about it. You just have to... You know, hope and pray that uh, something breaks other than our will in our economy. I want to end on a positive note here. For me, it's positive. This armed man was at a Home Depot, and he had plans to shoot people 
but he got shot by the Burbank Police Department. They responded to a call at a Home Depot in Burbank over the weekend. The man who called 9-11 reported that he was armed with a gun and planned to shoot people, even provided his exact location in the parking lot and described the type of vehicle he was in. So he was not, obviously, a, a brain surgeon. Brent uh, Feckety is the public information officer for the Burbank Police Department. He reported a, a brief conversation ensued between the suspect and police, followed by the suspect's aggressive behavior. Big mistake. After a brief conversation, the suspect got out of his vehicle, raised a shooting stance at the officers, prompting the officers to open fire. The party was quickly over for the suspect. The police did what they should have done. They took out the bad guy before he could kill an innocent bystander or bystanders. Justice was swift and appropriate. No word on the suspect's race, by the way, although if he were black, the left and their media pals would be calling for the federal civil rights charges against the officers. You can bet on it. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave you with that. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. It was a quick, I think, almost 20 minutes. And uh, we'll talk more about the migrant issue, which really, if you live in anywhere in New York State, it's not you're not secure, even if you live in the country, as I do. There are, you know, many uh, counties around where I live have uh, issued states of emergency because of what they fear is coming and who they fear is coming. And I don't think Washington County, where I live, I don't think we've issued a state of emergency yet. Warren County, a neighboring county, has. But in uh, Rensselaer County, Steve McLaughlin, former assemblyman, I wish he had run for governor. Actually, he's the county executive in Rensselaer County, doing a bang-up job in Rensselaer County. But he said, not in my county. They're not coming here. That's what, I'll tell you, that's what needs to be done. It's nothing against the people looking to come here for a better life. It's to send a message to these leftist politicians, such as the mayor of Albany and the mayor of New York City, and the president, and all the Democrats in Washington. You know, if you want these migrants so badly, let them live where you live. Put them in your neighborhoods. All right, that's about going to do it to it. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Check out my uh, my daughter just did a, a podcast tonight as well. It's up on the BMG Network. It's The Essentials with Maddie Flint. She is fantastic. What a, a fine little broadcaster she is, and what an artist. She, her art is up on Instagram, and it's on Facebook. She puts her stuff up on, on Facebook. She is very gifted, and she has a wonderful future in front of her, as all my children do. And uh, and so do I. You know, my wife and I are, are very blessed to be living in this time, and we all are. You know, it's it, it, there are difficult times, but uh, we're made for times such as this. I think uh, God puts us here for a reason. We have a job to do as Christians, and we got to just keep plugging away. And uh, stay close to him, and he'll stay close to us. Thanks for tuning us in. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Ted Flint.